You're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. Welcome in to the Hog Beat Hour. I'm your host, Mason Choate. Got Andrew Hutchinson and Alex Trader from HogBeat.com along with me. Before we get started, I just want to ask if you like this video, give it a thumbs up, click the subscribe button. I don't really do that as often as I should, but we've got to take care of that business because that's stuff that helps us. That's help helps us with uh, with our business and helps us to know what you guys like and what you don't like. So um, without further ado, we're going to start with basketball today. Usually we talk football a lot more in the early segments, but we're going to start with basketball because it's what's most fresh. Um, so Arkansas, big win against LSU over the weekend, and then they take care of business against South Carolina on Tuesday but, I mean, everybody everybody who listens to this knows Andrew Hutchinson, and uh, I think it's safe to say that the win was overshadowed by a bigger loss, Hutch. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, yes, the three-pointer streak did end on Tuesday. Arkansas goes 0 of 11 from beyond the arc. They had made a three in 1,092 consecutive games. That streak dated back to 1989. It was a 33-year streak. Uh, it was definitely it. I, I want to say it's a big deal just because it has been going for 33 years. And it was the third longest streak in college basketball, you know, third longest active streak behind only UNLV and Duke. Uh, but I mean, really, I, as people have pointed out to me on social media, like I don't know this, it is a meaningless stat. It has zero correlation between wins and losses because over 33 years, Arkansas has seen the highest of highs with the 94 national championship and the lowest of lows of the Stan Heath, John Pelfrey era. So uh, it's not a super big deal. Yes. It was kind of a fun thing to keep track of. Uh, But again, it's over, you know, you know, it's better to smile because it happened uh, rather than, you know, be sad that it ended or whatever the saying is. So, uh, I'm 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 totally okay. I know people were reaching out to me, acting like you know I'd lost a family member or something, but I'm okay. And uh, the basketball team still won, so that that's all that really matters. Hutch, you did write a column on Hogbeat.com talking about the streak and kind of how it's affected your life. And you know, you said it's a meaningless stat, but I read that column and it 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 was it almost brought a tear to my eye. I sent you a text like. It's weird, and I'm not joking. Like, it's actually like an emotional story. It's something that it, it was a big deal because you as a stats guy, you that's, that is a big deal, and it's kind of what people – some people knew you by as the guy who's going to tweet out, you know, the streak lives. And But as you said, we can start anew, and it really doesn't matter as long as Arkansas got a W. So they did. Um, let's go back to the LSU game, though. So – Arkansas goes and beats number 12 LSU. Eric Musselman, not there. He had just had surgery. Um, Keith Smart was coaching the team. This game, I don't know. It's one of those games where you just felt like LSU did not want to win. There were so many times where it was like LSU is just inviting Arkansas to come win this game. And sure enough, the Hogs won it, and it was not expected, Hutch. No, this is a game that I think most of us expected them to lose. I mean, they they had not been playing particularly well. Yes, they had just blown out Missouri, but Missouri is just terrible, terrible basketball team. Uh, And then for them to to go on the road against an LSU team that was really, really good, had only lost one time before that. Um, 
most people expected that to be a loss. Most analytics, most, uh, you know, the spread in Vegas, it all favored LSU. Uh, but I will say that Arkansas has figured something out defensively. I mean, we'll talk about it, you know, with, you know, both games, but they have played really, really good defense. So they locked down LSU. And even whenever Arkansas could, was having a hard time scoring, you know, they were going up against LSU, which has the number one defense in the country, or at least at that time was, was ranked the number one defense. Uh, according to Ken Palm's, you know, adjusted efficiency ratings. But there, there were stretches where Arkansas wasn't scoring, but they also weren't allowing LSU to score. And Arkansas, I think that was kind of the biggest problem during their, where they lost, I think, five or six games or something like that. It was because of defense. They could not stop a nosebleed, and they have figured that out, seemingly. I don't know if it's just a matter of buy-in or guys just finally clicking or what, but that really is what kind of carried them to that win because – I mean, I think Keith Smart said it after the game. Even though they weren't scoring themselves, they were keeping LSU from scoring and keeping it within striking distance. I think LSU's biggest lead was eight, and it really could have been worse than that because Arkansas had some really long scoring droughts. So uh, especially with J.D. Note kind of battling some foul issues, uh, not being on the court, things like that. Uh, but down the stretch, they figured it out. They kept that defensive intensity going. And I think they ended the game, I want to say, like on a 17 to 2 run. Really, really impressive way to finish a ball game uh, to come up with a, a big, critical win to kind of keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a big win because Arkansas, prior to that, I don't even know if they had a quad one win, Hutch. I mean, maybe, no. Okay. I was thinking maybe Cincinnati, but um, LSU, that was a big win. They did go and lose to Alabama on Wednesday night, but it's still a team that has. 15 wins and only three losses. So LSU is still a good basketball team. You have to think they're going to figure it out. And uh, Alabama kind of on a same little streak that Arkansas went on. They're 12 and six, but they finally got a win over LSU. So, um, but I, one of the guys that has been the key contributor in my mind and in most people's minds, aside from JD Note, a guy who you're going to have to rely on no matter what, but it's, it's Jalen Williams. He's got four straight games where he scored double digit points prior to that in his career. He never had two games in a row where he scored double-digit points. And three of those games, he had a triple – or a double-double, not a triple-double, a double-double, and he almost got a double-double against South Carolina. He was one rebound away. Um, but I want to bring Alex Trader in on this. We, we talked about it before the season. I think last week we did our overreaction or not, and one of our questions was, is Jalen Williams a legit big in the SEC? And – I feel, I mean, like maybe he heard that question and now he went and played against LSU in South Carolina and he's like, yeah, I am. So um, how important has Jalen Williams been to this Arkansas basketball team? It's been massive. I mean, you look at it and not only the numbers are there and the numbers are great. You always want to see some sort of um, tangible production when, when you're looking at, at how a guy is playing, but it's not just the rebounds and, and the points. He, you can see him scrapping for loose balls. You see him putting in that extra effort that that maybe this team you weren't seeing that that same want to earlier on in the season, especially in that losing skid. I think um, you know when you're looking at those top level teams. We last week for that LSU game, we're, we're kind of like, hey, if we keep uh, if we see Arkansas keep this game close. Um, or if they don't get blown out, then could they still be a tournament team? And they went out and won the thing. I, I, I think none of us were expecting that. Um, and and Jalen Williams was a big part of why he hit that clutch three. Um, and, and I think, you know, 
his production rising is, is helping this team kind of find their, their momentum and find their swagger. And when you have a basketball team that, that especially in college, it's new players mostly um, every single season, you're not really going to see the same lineup in back-to-back years, especially at these top schools. It's very important that you're able to find that chemistry. And it looks like Arkansas might be finding it, um, finding uh, it with this new group of players rather than Jalen Williams and what he had last year. Yeah, I, I, I like what you said about the chemistry. It felt like when they played South Carolina on Tuesday night, there were a couple moments where you would see Jalen Williams, you know, shaking his hand, getting the crowd to get loud. And you would see they, they had a couple uh, possessions on offense where the, the passing was just there and they were smiling. And you could tell that these guys are starting to click. And over the past two games, it's it's really just been seven guys um, that is that have been contributing for Arkansas. Um, and so it feels like you finally got that lineup down to what you want. And Hutch against South Carolina at the beginning of the game prior to, you know, Jalen Williams getting two fouls and J.D. Note getting two fouls, it was really just those two scoring. And at times it feels like – and you you did a stat where um, it was like the plus-minus with J.D. Note on and off the court. But at times it feels like Arkansas really has to rely on just – J.D. Note and maybe uh, whoever else is hot that night to to keep them in a ball game. J.D. Note is that guy. I mean, I know we talked about it last week in the, you know, one of the questions we posed was, is, is J.D. Note doing do too much? And I think we all agreed that no, he's not because he's doing what he needs to do. Uh, the offense has just been non-existent without him on the floor. Uh, you know, occasionally you get somebody like a Jalen Williams or a Stanley Amude or someone steps up and provides a little offensive punch as well. But there's J.D. Note, the steady hand. I mean, he's scored double digits every game he's played. And he's, as of right now, second in the SEC in scoring. He is .05 of a point away or behind Scottie Pippen Jr. over at Vanderbilt. So really, really close to having the, the SEC scoring title. Uh, so, yeah, he's been, he's been phenomenal. Uh, and you mentioned that stat. I mean, they're – I want to say plus 49 with him on the floor against, uh, I guess it's been against South Carolina and LSU and they're like minus 23 or something like that without him on the floor. I mean, it's a dramatic, dramatic uh, difference with him on and off the floor. So uh, JD Note has been phenomenal. Plus he's starting to kind of not be, you know, everyone, some people like kind of criticize him as being a ball hog, He's, he's improved that. He's become a better passer. I think he's gotten his teammates involved better. Uh, and, you know, it's not maybe necessarily showing up in like a bunch of assists or anything, and he still has some turnovers. But he, is, he seems to be moving, running the offense a little bit better as a point guard rather than just being a score first guy all the time. Well, I mean, Note had five of Arkansas's eight assists against South Carolina. So, um, at least in that game, he was really the only guy, aside from Jalen Williams, who we know is a great passer, that was facilitating the ball, um, at least on the stat sheet. I'd have to go back and watch the game to really get into that. But, um, Alex, a lot of people on our, on, our, uh, on our message board, the trough, go subscribe to hogbeat.com, wonderful message board, um, sometimes gets out of hand, but that's the fun of it. Um, a lot of people talked about how it really drops off once you get done with the starting five. Um, so do you think that that's going to hurt Arkansas down the stretch if they don't have guys that can come off the bench and, like, legitimately contribute 
Um, because we kind of, before I asked Hush that question, you kind of hit on it was Arkansas does not do great without JD Note on the court. They don't have that many guys who can score the basketball very well. I mean, they're guys who historically have been great scorers, but it feels like they're just not there anymore. Yeah, you know, um, baseball is the ultimate grind of a season, and basketball is right up there too. You have it's it's a long, long season. You have a lot of games you have to go through, and playing those long minutes takes a toll on the starters. So you you definitely need some sort of depth behind them. Uh, I'm not quite convinced that it's not gonna come this season. Um, at this point, I, I know we haven't really seen it all that well yet. Um, like Hutch mentioned, that's a crazy plus minus swing when JD notes on the quarter versus off. Um, but I think really it, it does come down to must needs to, to get these guys in the flow of the game, um, find lineups that work together. It doesn't necessarily have to be your best, uh, next guys off the bench, but they do have to fit with the guys that are on the court. And I think that's really the thing that, that it's going to come down to is, is the coaching versus, um, what exactly the players are bringing, because I think, you know, a, a, about 20 ish games into the season, you're really starting to figure out who you are as a team. And, um, we see what these players are able to do when they get their time. It's a matter of figuring out, Hey, how do we maximize that? Hudge last year, I feel like down the stretch for Arkansas, there were a couple X factors coming off the bench and eventually they were starting, but I, I mean, it's Devo Davis and Jalen Williams. And so those are two guys that are important to your lineup this year, but it might be one of them. It might not. Who's an X factor that you can think of down the stretch for Arkansas this year that you're like, this guy has to start performing for Arkansas to make it to the NCAA tournament. Honestly, I feel like it's the same guy who was last year. And that's Devo Davis. I mean, he was a guy that, that didn't play much early in the season as a freshman, uh, had a couple of games where he didn't even come off the bench at all. And then by the end of the season, as you said, he was in the starting lineup and he was just a critical piece of that team. I think he's a, still critical. I think I, I want to say Eric Musselman has even mentioned it early in the season or before the season that, you know, this team will go as far as Devo Davis can take it. And I mean, I think that maybe that's changed a little bit and that is JD Note's team, but I think Devo Davis is still incredibly important. You know, maybe he doesn't have the exact role that they expected him to have. I mean, I think we can all agree that him being used as a point guard has not worked out very well. Uh, but if he can just do kind of the things he did last year, you know, work off the ball, uh, play really good defense, things like that, which he's, he struggled with those things. Even the things he did really well last year, he struggled with this year. If he can get to where he can do those things, just not even like better than he was last year, just the same level as he was last year, then I think that would really help Arkansas and, and could lead to them, you know, having a really, really strong finish this season. All right, before we wrap up, Arkansas gets A&M coming to Bud Walton Arena on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Revenge game is what it could be. Arkansas, I mean, is, is it a must win? Because this is one of those games where – You've got to get this one out of the way because the schedule only gets tougher, Hutch. Yeah, I think this one, I think that we're in the middle of like a five-game stretch where they really need to win the uh, every game because these are games they, they should win. I mean, we're talking Texas a this weekend. I think Ole Miss next weekend. you got West Virginia coming to town in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I think you've got Georgia in that stretch. Those are all teams you should beat. You cannot afford another Vanderbilt-like loss. Uh, plus, 
you know, you need to win as many games as you are. I mean, you're sitting at three and three. I think it's, I think four more games right now. If you can win, that would get you to seven and three. And then at that point, you just need to win two or three more games down the stretch to really kind of solidify yourself in the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, more wins than that, you know, you just improve your seed line. So in my opinion, yes, it's, it's a must win. Like, yes, they can recover from it, but for them to make things easy on themselves, they really need to win these type of games that they're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule after that five-game stretch that you just mentioned, that it, it also includes Mississippi State. They then play Auburn, they play Alabama, Tennessee twice, Kentucky, LSU, Florida, and really your only cupcake, which who knows what it'll be at that point, is at Missouri. Um, that's that's a really tough second half of the schedule. So you're right, Arkansas is going to have to win at least four of the next five. Um, that would that would really set them up um, later on in the season, but. That's going to wrap us up for basketball. Up next, we're going to talk transfer portal for football. A lot of movement going on, some surprising things, some things not so surprising. And then after that, we got Alex Trader going to talk some recruiting. He had a nice segment over on hogbeat.com. We're going to add that in here. Alex, as always, doing a great job on the recruiting front for us. Um, but we will be back with you here in a minute. You're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on the Hog Beat Hour, Mason Choate with Alex Trader and Andrew Hutchinson from HogBeat.com. We're the Hog Beat crew, and we are with you here to talk some Arkansas football um, transfer portal news. But before we get to the transfer portal, um, breaking news. Uh, Kendall Bryles is reportedly staying at Arkansas. So that is a big deal. Um, rumors of him possibly going to Miami. Hutch, you talked about before we started recording how he was kind of, I, I guess you could say he was kind of pulling Elaine Kiffin. He was posting random pictures, making people think he was everywhere. But uh, here he is, and it's reported that he's staying at Arkansas, Hutch. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Before all the stuff came out that he was officially offered the job at Miami, uh, he he had posted a picture of him recruiting in Atlanta. And then I saw a tweet from Justin Stepp, the former Arkansas wide receivers coach who actually worked a year uh, with Kendall. He had posted like, oh, it's great to run into Kendall Bryles tonight in Nashville. And then like a few hours later, I saw something where he was visiting recruits in Dallas. And I was like, okay, so this guy's all over the place probably just kind of putting it out there for Arkansas fans like hey I'm, I'm happy here uh, I you know perfectly happy being a, the offensive coordinator for the Razorbacks uh, so yeah it, it's a big deal for Arkansas I know that there are some people out there a vocal I, I, I'd probably call it a vocal minority that do not like Kendall Bryles at all uh, because he does have some head scratching calls I mean I, I've been there have been plenty of times this season where I'm in the press box going, what in the world is he thinking? Like he just, he like goes brain dead. It seems like, uh, but if you set back and look at it, Arkansas had its best offense in years this year. Uh, and if you take out, you know, the one game against the, you know, one of the all time great defenses of Georgia, they were even better. I mean, one of the best in school history and they averaged 200 yards on the ground, 200 yards to the air. It had been 50 years since Arkansas had done that. I mean, the last time they did it, Joe Ferguson was throwing the ball for Arkansas. So that tells you he's, he's doing things at Arkansas that we have not seen. Uh, you know, obviously Bobby Petrino had some really good offenses 
Arkansas had really good offenses with Darren McFadden and Felix Jones in the backfield. Uh, but I think what he did this year with KJ Jefferson was phenomenal and keeping him on board as well as keeping Mary Odom and all the other assistants will just provide some continuity that you can kind of build on that nine win season they just had. Yeah. So the importance of keeping, of keeping Brile, I mean, it's a big deal and you said it, there's a lot of people who don't like him. And yes, there are some questionable play calls. Um, I think of it like he's his offense is really boom or bust to me. Like you're either going to go three and out or you're going to go two plays, 80 yard touchdown like a, that. That's just how it feels sometimes. But it seems to have worked. Um, and so you got to think, Alex, I'll bring you in on this. You're the recruiting guy. Do you think Kendall Bryles probably played um, a big role in Arkansas getting plenty of talent on campus? Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm specific, specifically thinking about the wide receiver room. I mean, Jaden Hazelwood, that's a former five-star. So it seems like he, he had to have played a role in that. Yeah, I put out my wide receiver big board uh, the other day, and, and I wrote in it. It's hard to look at what Arkansas was able to do with Traylon Burks and to do with this offense and not not think, hey, what would happen if I was a part of this as a receiver? Um, not, not even just the receivers, though. You've got, you've got guys – and this might just be a team success thing as well. I'm not putting all this um, entirely in the lap of Kendall Bryles, but the team is succeeding in, in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. And that's bringing people in being like, okay, I can, I can go to Arkansas, enjoy the Hill and also win football games. And anytime you have that, that makes a staff that everyone seems to like with Sam Pittman and Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom and the position coaches um, paired with winning, it's really hard not to, not to at least be intrigued or to think, hey, you know, I'm going to give Arkansas a second look that maybe a couple of years ago I wouldn't have. And I, I think the offense performing the way that it did this season and putting up the numbers that it did certainly plays a large role in that. So kind of related to what we're going to talk about here in a minute, Transfer Portal, I mean, the culture that Sam Pittman has built, it he's not only recruiting players, he's recruiting coaches, and he's doing a great job at it. So, Hutch, I mean, the importance of a guy – who has created a program that two years ago was a program that was the bottom, not just of the power five, but of all of college football. And now it's a, it's almost a destination place to come in college football. Now. I mean, players want to be in Fayetteville coaches want to be in Fayetteville and everybody's talking about Arkansas football and Sam Pittman. How important is that? Especially now that you're keeping a guy who was well sought after by a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider Kendall Brown's history. I mean, yeah, he was at Baylor for a while, you know, under his dad and everything. But then the next three places he went, he was there for one year. He was never anywhere very long. And so for him to, to not only stick around for two years, but seemingly coming back for a third, uh, it is just massive news for Arkansas. Um, you know, especially when you factor in the fact that I don't think Kendall Brown's and, and Sam Pittman knew each other before, you know, they, they joined up in, in Arkansas. Uh, you know, Barry Odom and, and Sam Pittman have a relationship. Like, they're really good friends. They've known each other for a while. They had a, a mutual respect. So it's not super surprising that Barry Odom would stick around, you know, for a third season because there's that relationship there. That relationship did not exist with Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman, but apparently over the last two years, it's grown, and he has decided that he's going to stick around and is just – it's a really good deal. And, of course, you know, it's, it's going to come with the raise for, for Kendall Bryles. He didn't just do this all, you know, because he – just loves Arkansas. He's going to do it for free. He's probably going to get a raise. You know, he's making a million dollars a year right now. Uh, 
I would guess he's probably going to get a nice, nice little pay bump. I could see him making it in the one and a half range. I know uh, Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach, who was offered the offensive coordinator position at Miami uh, as well, was reportedly offered somewhere in the one point six to one point eight million dollar range. Uh, so I would imagine that kind of gives us an idea of what Kendall Bryles is going to be paid. Uh, he's he's going to get a nice little pay bump, and Arkansas is going to see its uh, salary pool for assistance go up uh, quite a bit this offseason. So a uh, really big deal for Arkansas to, to keep him. And I know I saw, I think it was uh, Tyler Cass, uh, I want to say, uh, tweeted out a, a clip of his interview with Hunter Yurchuk back in December, and he had said something like, uh, we don't want money to be a reason assistant coaches leave. So that tells you right there, Arkansas is willing to play ball and, and make the make the commitment that they need to to retain these top assistants and keep building on what they've already started these last two years. And uh, keep building they have done, especially in the transfer portal. Hutch, you and I talked earlier in the week about how Arkansas landed Drew Sanders from Alabama and Dwight McLaughlin from LSU. Um, it, I think it was the same day, a couple hours later, maybe, I can't remember. Um, Cade Fortin from South Florida um, commits as a walk-on QB so we talked a lot about the depth in the quarterback room, and now you have plenty of depth, especially with Malik Hornsby coming back as well. Yeah, they've got plenty of depth now. And this is huge because, you know, you don't have to worry about Landon Rogers, you know, trying to convert back to a quarterback. You know, they, they really like what he brings to the table as a, a tight end. You know, maybe he plays a little bit of wide receiver. Uh, Sam Pittman said even Barry Odom's wanting to get him on defense. But regardless – you're going to be able to not, you know, sacrifice his development at those positions in order for him to move back to quarterback where he's going to be the third team scout team quarterback or something. You avoid that. You can, you have experience there. So like if, you know, God forbid, if something happened to KJ and then also Malik got hurt, you've got a guy that has starting experience against power five opponents. You know, Fortin began his career at North Carolina then went to South Florida. He started four games uh, in his career, and all of them have been against Power 5 opponents. I think he even started against Florida. So he's got experience starting against uh, SEC teams. So a uh, really quality addition for Arkansas, especially you know, when you throw in the fact that he's joining as a walk-on and he doesn't take up one of those you know, precious few remaining spots in the 2022 class. Um, Alex Strader, so a couple Georgia players have entered the transfer portal. One of them is Latavius Brini from Georgia. Um, Arkansas hosted him for the South Carolina game on Tuesday night. A lot of people were talking about how he was in Bud Walton Arena. Um, this is a guy that you have to assume Sam Pittman might have a previous relationship with him just coming from Georgia, but I'm looking here. He, he started 11 games at Nickelback for – for the Bulldogs this year, I mean, that a really, a really good defensive team. So any word on him? And I mean, that would be a key pickup for Arkansas. Yeah, it'd be a massive pickup. Um, I, I don't have any information on, on whether or not he's leaning towards Arkansas or not, but just getting him in the building, especially for a game where you're seeing the football team be honored and, and you get that massive round of applause from the student section and from the, the entire arena, really. Um, that's massive if you're a recruit, knowing that you have the, the entire university behind you. Um, it, it's hard not to look at a guy like that and see, uh, you know, especially with kind of Arkansas losing some guys in, in that defensive backfield. Um, it's hard to look at that and not think, hey, if he comes here, then he's going to be able to start and have a huge role on this defense. Um, so I, I think that's also in play for him is, hey, do I want to go back to Georgia where it could be really, really tough Um 
to find snaps on the field or can I come to a team that is is not only you know starting to win games now but it is really competitive in the SEC West you know you can send Alabama away because they're just kind of that different breed um, but but there Arkansas is winning games in the SEC West it's a, not a bad landing spot for him at all I, I think certainly it depends on what he's looking for uh, in his new transfer destination. But, but you have to think that Arkansas, uh, especially with him coming here and taking that time has some of those things and, and at least is somewhere on his mind. So he would address one of the positions that Hodge talked about in our emergency podcast on Monday, um, where we talked about Drew Sanders and Dwight McLaughlin. Um, Hodge, you talked about how Arkansas had really three positions that they needed to address Defensive line, one, defensive back, one, and then quarterback. So quarterback, it seems to be they addressed that. That's one that they got done. Um, defensive line, they missed out on Jackson Player from Tulsa and uh, Makai Wingo from uh, Missouri. And so now that it, are you a little bit worried about that position? Because it feels like Arkansas, I mean, you're, you're losing your three grad transfers from last year. Um, you, you've talked about how, you know, they have some depth, but – you really need to bring in someone else. Yeah, they really need a defensive tackle to kind of anchor the middle of that line. Uh, you know, they, they tried getting it with player. They tried getting it with Wingo, struck out on both of those guys. Uh, you need somebody. I don't know who. You know, I know there was, you know, some talk about, you know, uh, the Silvera guy from Miami. He has since committed to Arizona State. Uh, there's a, a couple that, you know, left Auburn. Uh, one of them is already committed to Ole Miss. Uh, you need somebody uh, at this point. I'm not sure if there's going to be somebody that's like an immediate difference maker. Like I think most of those guys have already been picked up. Now somebody could enter the portal as soon as we get done recording this and it would be a, an amazing fit for Arkansas. But as of this moment, I don't know who that perfect fit would be. You may get to the point where you're just like, okay, we're going to roll with Isaiah Nichols and Torian Carter and see what we got there and see what Cam Ball can do in his second year. So uh, I think that that's still a position they're actively looking at. I know uh, there was a, a, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Ishmael Softser or something like that. He's originally from Louisiana. Uh, he signed with Alabama out of high school, transferred to USC, and is now in the portal again. I know that the coaching staff has followed him on Twitter. That's kind of a dead giveaway. It's like, hey, they're at least interested. So uh, still some guys out there. Uh, but I'm just not sure if there's any, you know, like Jackson player made a lot of sense because he had played for Jermiel Ashley at Tulsa, but instead he decided to go home. He's from Waco and went to Baylor. Uh, you know, Makai Wingo is a guy Arkansas recruited out of high school. The other four schools in his top four or the other three schools did not recruit him out of high school. Arkansas did. So you thought, you know, maybe there's an advantage there, but no, he uh, decided to go to LSU where his old high school coach is on staff. So you just kind of got left out, you know, based on some other, you know, schools that were, were out there. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit concerned, uh, but, you know, they've, they've pulled some surprises so far. I mean, who would have thought that Jaden Hazelwood would have been a guy that would come to Arkansas, you know, before you realize there was the Jimmy Smith connection. So I think they're, they're still going to be looking and, you know, maybe they wait until after spring ball because there's going to be some other quality guys enter the portal after spring that Arkansas can maybe snatch up and, and kind of use to, to fix that issue. So uh, before we talk about where do some of these transfers fit in on the depth chart, Hutch, I want to ask you, give us an update on the scholarship distribution because you seem to be following that better than anybody. 
Yes. I mean, earlier this week, we were able to confirm that uh, three guys that that could have come back are not coming back. John Steven Jones, uh, Ryan Winkle, both those guys were had eligibility left, but were honored on senior day. Shane Clinton could have come back as a uh, super senior, but he's decided not to. So that kind of opens up some more spots. I think they're, I want to say they've got like, they're at 82 for projected for the, uh, 2022 season but then you also got to factor in you know what how many can they bring in you know in this current class you know if miles rouser signs next month i believe it's three more guys uh so it you know maybe uh latavius brini would be one of those uh, then you got a couple more spots so you could could bring in a defensive tackle or another linebacker or something like that uh i personally would prefer them to you know maybe get another wide receiver uh, but does not look like they're interested in that i could I would see the benefit in that quite a bit. Uh, so still, still some spots to work with, but they're filling up quickly. So, okay. Now we're going to talk about where they fit in on the depth chart though. So it, specifically Drew Sanders and Dwight McGlother. And I feel like these are two guys, at least Sanders that can come in and probably start immediately, Hutch. Yeah, you would think Sanders would be a guy that would come in and, and contribute immediately because there's just not much depth at linebacker. I mean, you got Bumper Pool coming back, but you need somebody to start alongside him. And are, I mean, are you going to go with Andrew Parker, who's been here forever but really hasn't played a whole lot? Or are you going to go with a guy that's really young, like a, a Pooh Paul? Uh, just you don't really know who that other guy's going to be. And you, you hope to think Drew Sanders, considering he's got starting experience at Alabama, that he would be able to come in and be that guy for you. I mean, Dwight McLaughlin is another guy. He's got starting experience at LSU. You think that he could come in and, and fill a spot that left by Monteric Brown leaving. Uh, that would be huge. So those are two guys I really expect to come in and start immediately along with Jaden Hazelwood. The guy I'm kind of wondering about is Landon Jackson, the defensive end from LSU that they signed last month. Is he going to be a guy that can come in and start immediately? I know some people have kind of already penciled him into the starting lineup, but he is, he did not play a whole lot at LSU this past year. He appeared on special teams, nothing on defense. He had an injury his senior year of high school. Is he going to be a guy that can come in and be that guy right away? I think he's got tons of potential. He could be really, really good down the line, but sometimes it's hard for, for offensive and defensive linemen to contribute immediately. And that's basically what he is. I mean, he's basically like a guy that's a freshman that doesn't have any playing experience in college. So uh, that's the one I'm kind of keeping an eye on to see if, if he can crack the starting lineup in 2022. All right. Up next, Alex, it's the moment everybody has been waiting for. Um, your recruiting roundup, Arkansas's first junior day of 2022. Um, Arkansas gets a commitment, and we might even have more to come, Alex. Yeah, we might have more to come. So we'll get to that next, um, and then after that, That'll be it for the Hogbeat Hour this week. So all that next. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, everyone. Welcome back into the Hogbeat Hour. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, I, I recorded the first of Hogbeat's midweek recruiting roundup videos um, yesterday, and I think it's pretty good fit in here pretty pretty relevant to what's going on so we're going to have it in here as a segment we talk about uh arkansas's newest commitment as well as you know the junior days uh, another potential commitment and my wide receiver big board so uh hopefully you guys enjoy and um yeah let's get into it 
All right, what's going on, guys? It's Trader here, and you're watching Hogbeat's Midweek Recruiting Roundup. Um, we've got a loaded, loaded show for you today. Um, and, and it all starts off with Arkansas adding commitment number six in the 2023 class. Uh, Caleb James out of Mansfield, Texas. Huge pickup for the staff has been a target of theirs for a really long time. Um, also, could we see another one sooner rather than later in that 23 class? We recap junior days, uh, as well as taking a look at my newest big board up at hogbeat.com. But before we get into all that, make sure you guys do leave a like and subscribe to the channel for more content just like this. We have film breakdowns. There was a new one that went up uh, covering two of Arkansas's 2022 offensive linemen just today. Um, we also have, you know, practice clips, um, press conferences. We have full episodes of the Hogbeat out, or out every single Friday. Andrew Hutchinson does some great Know the Foe segments. Um, just always trying to add some new stuff to the YouTube. And this is, you know, one of those new things that we're trying to add, um, as well as those film breakdowns every single Wednesday. Um, as well as that, go check out hogbeat.com. We've got everything you need to know about Arkansas athletics. Uh, we're in the heart of basketball season. Hutch, Mason, Jackson are doing a great job of uh, of covering that uh, that team, you know, a, a team that is kind of finding their stride in SEC play right now, uh, as well as baseball season being right around the corner. And it's never a bad time to talk about some Arkansas Razorback football. Um, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Uh, but yeah, go check out what Andrew Hutchinson, Mason Choate, uh, and Jackson Collier are doing, as well as myself over at hogbeat.com. Everything you need to know if you're a Razorback sports fan trying to follow what's going on with any of Arkansas's teams. Um, without further ado, let's get into, you know, probably the biggest news of the week. And that is, is Caleb James coming out and really, you know, doing something that, that I had 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 kind of predicted for a little bit. I did put a future cast in November, um, but nonetheless made Arkansas uh, his new home uh, announced that he was going to be committing to Arkansas and coming to play Arkansas yesterday on his birthday. Um, Massive, massive pickup. 5.73 star in the Rivals database. Could argue that, that that might be a little bit low rating wise. Currently listed as the number 33 strong side defensive end in the country. Um, had 20 other offers. Final six of Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, SMU, Texas, Texas Tech, or not Texas, SMU, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. Um, that, that was his final six came out a couple of weeks ago. And, and at that point, you know, it was kind of a two man race between Oklahoma and Arkansas and Oklahoma really, really fell off when, when that whole Lincoln Riley drama went on. Um, so, so not too surprising, but, but nonetheless, it's a huge pickup for that defense. Just a couple of weeks after you get Dallas young, um, able to add another defensive commit to the class. And it looks like Arkansas is really starting to build something strong there. Now the fifth ranked class in the country, um, still early in, in the cycle, but you know, if you keep stacking these guys, you could, uh, could find Arkansas really in that, that top 10 race, top 15 race, um, when it comes down to crunch time in the 2023 cycle, uh, James has been in town a number of times in 2021 and most recently Saturday for junior days. Um, he had a, a great senior or a great junior season, 10 sacks, 94 tackles, two forced fumbles and three fumbles recovered at Nolan Catholic this year. Um, and he's going to be transferring to Mansfield, which uh, is big, big news if you're an Arkansas fan and following recruiting because there just so happens to be a four-star safety target named Brendan Joseph uh, 
over at Mansfield who um, visited Arkansas for the Texas game, has ties to Arkansas, um, and, and really could be one of the, the next couple of guys to, uh, to, to announce that he's going to be committing to Arkansas. Really want to uh, keep an eye on him and, and you know now having an, a guy on the inside of that program uh, to potentially recruit for you could be a huge, huge thing in attempting to go after Joseph. Um, I do not, however, think that we're going to see Joseph as the next commit for this 2023 class. I do believe that that's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I do think that it, it it's looking like it's going to be Bixby, Oklahoma tight end. Um, Luke has, he was ranked the number three tight end in the 2023 class. That's down from where he was before. Um, really, really talented kid included Arkansas in his final schools before he committed to Oklahoma in August. And once again, with the whole Lincoln Riley fallout, there's just so much going on, um, on the trail and with those guys who, who were committed or, or looking at Oklahoma, there's really no telling what's going to happen. Um, but Arkansas does look to be in a very, very good position for has. Um, he, he has a sister and an aunt who both graduated from Arkansas, uh, has came on a visit earlier this summer, was here for junior days as well, um, and is sitting pretty with 33 offers. Um, uh, I, I did put in a future cast for has to come to Arkansas over the weekend, as well as Sam Spiegelman, our, uh, one of Rivals National writers, putting one in. Um, you've, you're seeing them pop up uh, as well on some other sites. So it's looking like it's trending that way. Arkansas looking like the leader in the clubhouse. What's interesting about that situation, though, is Arkansas already has two tight end commits in the 2023 class in a really talented guy, Shamar Easter and a really talented guy, Jaden Ham. Uh, I know Easter Ham, we've seen the pun. Um, I'm not going to make it here, but those are two guys who committed back to back days. And, and really, once you saw those commits, you thought, OK, I think I, I think Arkansas is set at the position. Dow Loggins had a really, really solid class. Um, and now you're seeing it pop up that, oh, wow, we might <laughs> we might be seeing another another tight end come to Arkansas. Um, and, and I think what I'm hearing is that that's a really big aspect and why and the pitch that that Arkansas is making uh, to Luke has um, this could go down as one of the best tight end classes in recent memory. And you better believe that Arkansas is using that as a pitch, that, that this could be a historic group for the Razorbacks. Uh, and I think that um, adding has would certainly, certainly move towards that being the case for the Razorbacks. Um, no commitment yet, no commitment date scheduled. We don't know necessarily that that's what's locked in, but I think if Arkansas is looking for a third tight end, which I don't know that they were necessarily doing before that decommitment. Um, I just don't think that has is a guy you can refuse. Uh, and it, it's looking like he's very, very interested in Arkansas. Um, so, so keep an eye out on that situation uh, as well as, you know, what we could be seeing from it. And moving on to what I think is probably, I guess you'd have to say the second biggest bit of news from this week. Uh, it, it was the first of three junior days for Arkansas. They hosted prospects this past Saturday. They'll have, they'll have prospects in town this Saturday, um, as well as, you know, the following Saturday, J January 29th to close it out. And, and despite the snow, despite the, the bad road conditions, the, the poor weather, um, you saw a really massive turnout for Arkansas. And, and I think that's really something that, the coaches were, were very much looking forward to it. I don't know if you can say they were expecting it once they saw the forecast. 
Um, and, and, you know, a lot of players were out there. You saw a lot of talent. You saw James. You saw Haz. Um, you saw a couple other guys. Anthony Evans and Joey Sewell were in town, two 2023 commits. Um, and they, they, they were posting on Twitter. Joey is one of the biggest guys uh, in terms of recruiting for Arkansas, even though he's already committed. You see him everywhere, all over Twitter, all over his Instagram. Uh, really, he's all hog, and especially for someone who who technically is an in-state kid but didn't grow up in Arkansas, you wouldn't necessarily expect it. But it, it's a lot of a lot of recruiting being done by Joey Sua to to make Arkansas a desirable location. Um, so I'm sure the staff is happy with that. Uh, as for players who aren't committed, we saw 2024 Little Rock Christian quarterback Walker White in town. Um, he is the brother of uh, the now transferred uh, John David White, transferred to UCA uh, this morning. Um, he's his brother as well as Zach, uh, Zach White's brother who, who plays baseball. Um, and, and, you know, he has three FBS offers right now, not, not one from Arkansas. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, he was invited to the camp. The, the staff said they want to take a look at him. Uh, interestingly enough, says an Arkansas offer would mean the exact same as, as any other school, uh, despite, you know, having two brothers that were at Arkansas and being uh, being a kid from Little Rock. It, it's really, you know, kind of interesting. And it makes you wonder, you know, is he being real or is he trying to, uh, you know, just just make it seem like, oh, he, if he gets the Arkansas offer, it's just going to be another one. Um, so the other schools still stay interested. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, nonetheless, it's a, it's a talented quarterback and it's an interesting story to follow um, as well as that. You saw a, a guy that I was really impressed with his size. I did a story about him before it's Texas four-star offensive tackle, Connor Stroh. Um, he, he's, he's massive. He's six, seven, 345 pounds. Um, and he was on campus earlier this year for the Mississippi state game has offers from Baylor, Florida state, Indiana, SMU, Texas, uh, really is looking for one from Arkansas ha is very fond of the place. Um, and, and I think it's just a matter of time until we see a guy like Sam Pittman really go out and get an offensive tackle of that size that wants to be here. Uh, you, you really need to, to send that offer out and start, start uh, building that relationship. And I think from, from what we've heard from, from Connor so far that the foundation is there, but the offer isn't yet. And that that's, you know, ultimately going to come down to be a huge part for college football players and college athletes uh, even more broadly. Um, also in Texas, we saw Ashton Porter, uh, who's another four-star. Um, he's really glad that he came out to Arkansas. He's on the defensive side of the ball. You know, maybe the staff's trying to build that momentum. Um, 5.84 star out of Cypress Ranch. Uh, he, he really he has a, an impressive offer sheet. He has twenty, you know, a lot of offers. And I talked to him in Arkansas came away as a, a top school for him. Uh, they joined Baylor, Texas, and Texas Tech in, in his top schools. Um, and one big reason for that was, you know, Sam Pittman, his philosophy of getting to know him as a person before he got, got to know him as a player. And I think, you know, you hear that a lot, that, that it's about uh, that Pittman cares about the guys that he brings in. And I think, you know, hearing from Porter, that's really what he's telling you, that Pittman wants to know him more as a person than a, than a football player first. And I think that's very important when you're building trust with someone um, and getting them to say, hey, my son or uh, my son is going to be able to come here uh, and I know that I can trust you. I think that's a, a massive part of recruiting. Um, and it's something that it looks like Pittman's doing a pretty good job uh, of recognizing and acting on. And finally, we have 
uh, at the wide receiver position, which I did just drop a big board on. Make sure you guys take a look at that over at hogbeat.com. Um, if you guys want to see what Arkansas's kind of big board is looking like at the position for 2023, already have Anthony Evans locked in. Um, another name to keep an eye on is Cole Adams out of Owasso, Oklahoma. Um, had a track meet in Arkansas. Uh, was kind of trying to figure out a way to where he could do both that and the junior day. Ended up just doing the junior day, um, and, and he he said he was excited about doing that. I, I think he he believes he made the right decision in doing that. Um, it, it looks like it's Arkansas's number one target remaining in this class right now. He's a speedster. He's really you know he, he's got wheels. He does track, um, but but he's also able to to use his hands and go up and get the ball, and, and that's very impressive from that position. Eight offers. He's got Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, Texas Tech, uh, as well as Wisconsin and a couple others. Um, and, and you know the rest of this class is kind of hard to project uh, position wise uh, at the wide receiver position just because. Um, a lot of the guys Arkansas is in on don't necessarily have the rating or the acclaim yet. I think I think one guy that you really, really should keep an eye on is in-state uh, in-state receiver out of El Dorado, DeAndre Burns. Um, really watched his film this morning, was really impressed. The staff wants to get him back out there, and the staff was in on him early. Uh, don't let the fact that there's not a rival's rating on him uh, just yet fool you. I, I think he's going to be a massive target for this class um, as we get into the, the later stretch of the 2023 cycle. That is going to do it for us here on the recruiting roundup. Um, th this is the first midweek recruiting roundup we're doing. I do have a roundup that goes up uh, in written form every Friday at hogbeat.com, um, as well as, like I mentioned before, just so, so much more. Uh, make sure definitely, if you're an Arkansas sports fan, to go check that out and, and see what we have going on uh, over on the site, as well as, you know, if you enjoyed this video, leave a like and subscribe. Let me know what you what you guys liked about it in the comments. Let me know uh, what you maybe didn't like or would like to see me change. Um, and we can certainly workshop some stuff. Uh, with that said, um, that is going to do it for me here. I'm Alex Trader, um, and I will see you next time. Good stuff from Alex Trader there. If you want to check out more of his work, more of Hutch's work, and more of my work, you can go to hogbeat.com. As always, subscribe to the YouTube. Give a thumbs up. Let us know what you think. Comment. Tell us what you're thinking. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week on the Hogbeat Hour.